Jesus was never opposed to tradition. Never. What Jesus is opposed to is tradition holding any authority. So they have created the system in which the Word of God, in their own view, now takes the backseat. Now, having that in mind, let's now compare this to what we see in our day, specifically in the Roman Catholic Church. Let me read just this statement written by a man by the name of John Hardin. John Hardin was a Jesuit priest, and he wrote in, a, in some other writings this following statement, which has been given the status of nihil abstat. Now, nihil abstat is a phrase, you know, the Catholic Church loves Latin phrases. They call everything by Latin phrases because it makes them sound smarter and holier than you. But this phrase, nihil abstat, basically means that the church, the Catholic Church, has officially sanctioned the following statement to be a right and true reflection of official Catholic doctrine. So listen to what this statement says. Sacred tradition is the unwritten Word of God that the apostles and prophets received through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and under His guidance, the church has handed on to the Christian world. Both sacred scripture and sacred tradition are the inspired Word of God and both are forms of divine revelation. Sacred Scripture is divinely inspired, whereas sacred tradition is the unwritten Word of God. Do you hear what they've done? They have unashamedly done exactly what the scribes and Pharisees have done. Exactly, to the letter, without reservation, without any shame. They have declared there are two authorities. There's the authority of Scripture, and there's the authority of the sayings of the church. And so one who would subscribe to the Roman Catholic doctrine would say that when we want to decide what's right and what's wrong, what we should rightly believe and what we shouldn't believe, what we should rightly do and what we should refrain from doing, there are two sources of right and wrong that we go to. One is the Scriptures. Another is the sayings of the church, the traditions of the church. That is precisely what Jesus is condemning that the scribes and Pharisees have done is precisely what Jesus is condemning here and this. They profess to believe in the Scriptures. They profess to be the guardians of Scripture. They profess to believe in the sacred authority of Scripture. Yet at the same time, they have instituted a companion authority. And by Jesus' own words, the existence of a companion authority negates the authority of the Scriptures all together in such a way that it is plain as day for anyone with half of a brain and even a little bit of impartiality, it's plain as day for anyone to observe the Roman Catholic Church and observe a group of people who blatantly do what the Scriptures have specifically said not to do. The second commandment says to us very plainly, You shall have no graven images before me in your religious worship. You are not to bow down to any image. And we all know that's exactly what happens at every Roman Catholic gathering. 
the bowing down to images. The uh, Word of God says that there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. And the Roman Catholic Church regularly affirms that sinners need the help of Mary and other saints. The Scriptures say to us that there is only one, we are only to pray to God and to God alone. And the most most, uh, common, the most popular, well-known Roman Catholic prayer is the Rosary, which is a prayer to Mary. In fact, you'll see the bumper stickers around. You will probably see that bumper sticker this week if you look for it, Pray the Rosary. What Pray the Rosary means, in other words, is blaspheme God. What Pray the Rosary means is reject the authority of Scripture outright because there's no such thing as Scripture sharing authority with anything else. Yet the Roman Catholic Church, and there's so many other... We could be here for the next 20 minutes just talking about all the ways that anyone with an impartial view can look to the Roman Catholic Church and see a church that blatantly does what the Scriptures have said not to do. The reason is they have tried to assert that there is a dual authority and you can't do that. Once you claim a dual authority, you have jettisoned the authority of the Scriptures which will then cause you to go down the same path as the scribes and the Pharisees, which is to, as Jesus says in His words, completely reject the authority of Scripture. Now, having said all that, come in. Having said all that, I don't think any of us in the room, as far as I know, I don't think any of us have a Roman Catholic background. I don't think any of us come from that Roman Catholic context or that Roman Catholic background. I might be wrong, but I don't think any of us come out of that context. So one thing that's not particularly helpful is to hear a sermon preached against people or, or to people that aren't here. Don't, don't you hate that? To listen to a sermon that's preached for people that aren't here? I don't want to preach to people who aren't here. So what does this mean for us in our context? So let's follow the train. Let's follow the connections. The connection, first of all, Pharisees and scribes and their relationship to the Word, which is to reject it outright to pretend they love it, but instead reject it outright in place of their own authority. The connection then is to the Roman Catholic Church, which in the same way pretends to love the Scriptures, yet rejects it outright in their claiming of a secondary authority. Now, let's make the connection over to our context, our world, our traditions, our customs, because we all have them. Everyone has traditions. Every church has traditions. We have traditions. Every church, you have to have them. You have to have some traditions because without them, you can't function. It's our tradition to start at 9.30. Everybody hear that? It's our tradition to start at 9.30. But, I mean, you have to have, if you don't have at least that, then who knows what time, you just start at some random time, you just pick a random day of the week. No, you have to at least have the tradition, well, we start on this, this time at this day. We have a certain order that we generally follow. We like, read script, we like to read the Scriptures in connection with music and prayers, and then we open the Word. And so all those things are part of traditions. Jesus was never opposed to tradition. Never. What Jesus is opposed to is tradition holding any authority. Make that clear distinction in your mind. Jesus was never opposed to tradition. 
Jesus was opposed to tradition holding any sway or any authority. Jesus was affirming the full and complete authority of Scripture. And he himself would follow the traditions of worship in his worship. But he was clear that they never possessed any authority or any directive ability whatsoever. That's what Jesus is opposed to. So let's think of those in the context of our traditions. And this won't take us long to begin to think of traditions within the context of the evangelical church. Traditions that aren't bad traditions, but traditions that have nonetheless begun to have authority or have held some sort of authority or some sort of power, some sort of ability to allow those who profess to be Christians to look to those traditions and to say, based on that tradition, this church is right or this church is wrong, this person is right or this person is in the wrong. That's what we're pointing to. So let's think of those traditions. Won't take long. What about the altar call? The altar call. We don't practice the altar call here. Is anything wrong with altar calls? Not necessarily. But they're not biblical. You won't find an example of them in the Bible. And don't try to equate the Old Testament altar to the altar call because they're completely different things. The Old Testament altar was a a place of sacrifice. Jesus is our sacrifice. If you come to an altar call, you're not coming to the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus is our sacrifice. So there's nothing at all wrong with a public showing of repentance or that sort of thing. But it's a tradition. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing necessarily right with it. It's just a thing. Until it becomes to have a place of authority. We don't practice the altar call. And there have been those who have pointed to our church and said, that church doesn't do altar calls. There's something wrong. I've heard that. You probably have heard that too. Do you see how that's taking a tradition and vesting it with authority? Let's uh, name a few others. What about a choir? I've even heard the choir that doesn't wear robes. You know, I mean, we're going back to my earlier childhood, you know. I mean, there was, I remember, I specifically remember the church down the street that decided that their choir was going to stop wearing robes. And I remember all the talk. That such and such church, you know, their choir stopped wearing robes. As though that held some sort of authority. Now, is it right for the choir to wear robes? Maybe. Is it wrong? Is it right to have a choir or not have a? It's a thing. Nothing necessarily right with it. Nothing necessarily wrong with it until you vest it with authority. And that's Jesus's point. Or going back to my early days, way, way back when I was a little kid, 12 years ago, way, way back in the 70s, what was the what were the traditions then that were the big stirrers, the big shakers and the movers? What were those traditions? Women wearing pants. Remember that one? When I was little, that was a thing. I would hear people talk about so and so claims to be a Christian, and you know his wife wears pants. 
or lipstick, even going back further than that. Or when I was like in my teenage years, it was the thing of, well, what sort of what kind of music do you listen to and that sort of thing? Or a big thing when I was in my teenage years was the instruments that are played in the church or not played in the church. That's a that was a biggie for a lot of years. And I remember specifically just having this context in which everybody just sort of thought that the church that has drums, they've gone liberal. The church that has guitars, they've gone liberal. Anything wrong with guitars and drums? Not necessarily. Not necessarily anything right with them either. Same thing with organs. Until you vest them with authority and give to them the power to declare right from wrong. That's Jesus' beef. His beef is there is one authority. That authority is the Scripture. Once you vest anything else with authority, you have transgressed the Scriptures and you have discarded them entirely. Now those were years ago. Those were examples from years ago. Let's think about the modern day and the traditions that sort of get us sideways today. So the way that I see church life today in most churches is this, is there's this dichotomy. There's a split, like, like the Red Sea split. There's churches on two sides. There are churches on one side that want to cling to the older traditions, continuing to vest them with some type of authority to declare, well, we're in the right and other churches are not. There's those churches. Then there's churches on the other side of the divide. Their tradition is jettisoning all the old traditions. That's their new tradition. Don't don't be mistaken by that. There's churches, and you know the churches that I'm talking about. Those churches that say, we won't follow any of those old traditions. We ain't going to have organs. We ain't going to have choirs. We ain't going to have robes. We're going to have none of those things. Well, guess what? That's your tradition now. And you vested that tradition with the same authority that the ones on the other side of the divide are vesting their traditions with. And so either way, it's the same thing. All kinds of things like this crop up. There's the whole, well, you know, what edition, what translation of the Bible do you use? Talk about vesting that tradition with authority that doesn't belong to it. And we could go on. This is the whole point. This is Jesus' point. Traditions are a fact of life. You cannot function as a church without them. And you should have them. But what you must absolutely never do is vest them with any authority whatsoever because they have none. And furthermore, once you do that, you haven't lessened the authority of the Scriptures. You've negated it. The point of opening God's Word is never for us as a group of believers to say, oh, look at all those sinners out there, how they're getting all this wrong. That's never the point. If you ever leave thinking that's what God's Word was saying to you, then then come back in because you've misunderstood it. The point is to assess your own heart because all of us, you, you cannot be a human being. You cannot be a child of God that's worshiping in a body of believers without having traditions that you hold dear and traditions you don't care for. So, number one, face that reality that life here in this earth, on this world, in this age, we worship God and we must do it 
by way of some kind of tradition. But guard your heart diligently to remind yourself there is one authority that determines this, whether this church is believing the right things or not believing the right things, teaching the right things or not teaching the right things, doing the right things or not doing the right things. The only authority that determines that is the authority of the Word and the Word alone. And the Word will share that authority with nothing. Mm-hmm.